Welcome to My PhD, the newest show on the Hopkins Biotech Podcast Network. My PhD is a show by you for you, where researchers at any level can tell us about the amazing science that they're working on. If you're at Hopkins, look out for an email for a link to the Google form to sign up to record your own personal podcast. If you aren't at Hopkins, we want to hear from you too. Find a link to sign up at our website, hopkinsbiotechpodcast.com, or in the description of this episode. I'm joined here today by the newest member of the Hopkins Biotech Podcast team and the future director and host of my PhD, Gustavo Carrizo. Gustavo, we are so happy to have you on the team. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here at Hopkins? Hi, Joe. Thank you for the introduction. And yeah, I'm very excited to be the host of my PhD podcast and to let everyone know a little bit about myself. So I am a biologist from Argentina. I did a bachelor and master in the University of Buenos Aires working in cancer immunotherapy. And after I finished that, I moved to Germany to do another master in biomedical research. I joined the Max Planck Institute in the laboratory of Dr. Erika Pierce in Freiburg, and I've been working in immunometabolism since then. After I finished my master, I applied to a PhD program at Max Planck Institute, and I started my PhD last year. Then my director got the opportunity to come to Johns Hopkins uh, to start the lab and reason why we moved the lab from Germany here. Yeah, so I applied the immunology program and I'm very excited to be at Hopkins, not only because, you know, the amazing medical research that is happening here, but also because the startup environment that is being hosted by Baltimore. So it's going to be really amazing to know all the PhD students that are at Hopkins, and I'm looking forward to start this podcast. So beyond your research, tell us a little bit else about what you're interested in and, and maybe something about your career aspirations. Yeah, so I got very excited uh, when I knew that I was coming here to Baltimore and I found the Hopkins Biotech Podcast because I got my first experience in entrepreneurship when I was in undergrad in Argentina. And it was just because I signed up for a startup competition and I saw the potential as like what we can do with research. So that for me was was really important to see that uh, that you cannot be only in the lab, but you can also like create something else with that, what we are doing. Um, so for me, that was the, the first contact. And then, yeah, after that, I started, you know, educating myself on entrepreneurship and then seeing like what the biotech and all this environment that is happening here at Copkins for me was like really interesting to, to be part of. So I arrived a month ago here and I found that in just a very short time, if you really just have this motivation to to go out and, and to reach people, you can actually like find all of these opportunities to, to be part of the environment. So I think that's why I'm here and because I want to help all the PhD students to find these careers that are out there. And of course, listen about the science that they are doing, because we never know, right? Like if they are working in a really interesting idea or they have a technology that can be translated to um, a product that then can impact the society. So I think it's, it's going to be really important to, to listen to them. Well, thank you, Gustavo. And we look forward to hearing your voice in the future. We are excited to hear from all of our talented listeners. But now we're on to our first episode of My PhD featuring Gian Molina Castro. Welcome to the inaugural episode of My PhD, presented by the Hopkins Biotech Podcast, where we shine a spotlight on students and early career researchers, allowing them to tell us their story. I'm your host, Joe Varielli, and I'm joined today by Gian Molina Castro. He's a fourth-year PhD candidate and NSF Research Fellow in the Solomon H. Snyder Department of Neuroscience at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. 
Now, I, I don't want to give away too much and allow you to introduce yourself. So first, I'm hoping you could tell us a bit about how you landed at Hopkins and what the focus of your thesis is. Thank you so much, Joy, for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here and sharing a little bit about my career at Hopkins with all of you. So actually, I, I got to Hopkins as a summer research intern when I was an undergrad, and this happened in 2017. So since then, I was exposed to, to the community, the neuroscience community, especially at Hopkins. And I, landed, I started working with Dr. Dwight Burgos and trying to understand a little bit more about interactions between neurons and glial cells in the brain, more specifically in the cortex. And more specifically, in, in that summer, I was able to um, pair with a graduate student that was starting a project in understanding cortical myelination in general and free myelination. So that experience actually uh, was very enlightening to start my PhD thesis in the same laboratory and move away from my research experiences in undergrad from a more behavioral perspective and drug addiction to cell bio and understanding then what are the functional and uh, functional complications of um, losing myelination, especially in the cortex, and what we can do about pre-myelination and providing a little bit of help in the preclinical side about how we can enhance pre-myelination and potentially contribute to future therapies. Yeah, so I'm interested specifically in um, some some of the like, I guess methods that you use, things that you're especially good at, um, yeah. things that you picked up in the last few years that maybe you didn't think that you would be doing. Yeah, totally. So I think one of the the best thing in the lab is the variety of techniques that we use to study um, same phenomenons and establish collaborations. So. The main, the main method of my, my PhD thesis is doing high-resolution in vivo imaging in animals. So we can easily um, use different transgenic animals where we can label specifically oligodendrocytes under myelin sheets. And we can longitudinally track all the dynamics of oligodendrocytes and even single oligodendrocyte and single myelin sheets across time. So that's a powerful technique that has allowed us for the first time, study longitudinally all these dynamics in the cortex. And uh, we started with a specific model of multiple sclerosis where we feed the animals a toxin, uh, which is called cubrison. And basically with that toxin that is a cobertilator, you will um, kill oligodendrocytes and that will follow with a spontaneous premyelination process in which this recovery that we see in patients with relapsing remitting MS could be replicated in an animal model. So most of our data set was produced on that animal model. So right now I'm also comparing that animal model to a genetic one, specifically ablating oligodendrocytes using diphtheriatoxin and also comparing different cortical regions. So trying to expand a little bit more our understanding um, of how myelin patterns in the cortex are distributed and redistributed when we have these demyelination and remyelination processes. So I think that's, that's one of the main ones. And recently we have started then trying to delve into more of the functional aspects. So implementing more of single cell RNA sequencing. And we are pioneering, pioneering actually last week and this week, a spatial transcriptomics in the lab. So I'm super excited. Um, tomorrow I will start that experiment. So we'll see what we can get out of it. 
Yeah, that sounds really cutting edge. And you mentioned preclinical models of multiple sclerosis. So I'm wondering more at a high level, what are some of the clinical implications of, of this uh, really great basic research? Totally. So definitely we have a established pipeline where we can easily try different pharmacological approaches that we can enhance remyelination or decrease the inflammation that will basically hinder the remyelination process and the recovery process in these animal models. So in the lab, we have studied a couple of approaches before, um, giving the animals a number of, um, of um, drugs, um, especially BCA. It's one of our current studies that we are leading. Um, and as we have already the, te the techniques, the animal models, uh, we can easily partner with companies to try out compounds that um, may be potential candidates for treating MS. And more so also diving into the aspects of inflammation. We have all the, all the pipeline, you know, to try to understand really what are the, the specific dynamics in the cortex, which not that many groups are currently looking at. So that may also inform um, clinically how different regions in the brain may be treated differently and where are the best times to actually treat the patient. Yeah, that's one of the great things about being at a, a medical school is, is that yeah. we have access to all of these um, clinical studies and, and physicians who can uh, sort of advise the work. Um, mm -hmm. so, so you are not just a grad student, right? You, you, uh, you have a number yeah. of other experiences. Um, and here at the Hopkins Biotech Podcast, we are very interested in professional development, obviously, mm -hmm. and, and you've had some experiences working uh, within the realm of professional development. Can, can you tell me a little bit about that work? Yeah, totally. So um, actually my, my work in the career and professional development offices at Hopkins started last year. Um, right in the, the pandemic, we were on, on at home June, July, 2020. And there was an advertisement that they were planning a uni the first university-wide professional development car uh, career and career conference for Hopkins students. And they were looking for people interested to join the planning committee for that conference. So it was a mix of, um, I have always liked that kind of um, planning and organization for big events. Plus I was at home doing limited data analysis. So I had some time on my hands and I decided to apply. I got into to that planning committee. So I was able to, to organize that um, conference it was called Horizons by Hopkins. And we ended up with more than 40 speakers and workshop leaders. And we decided at the end to open it to non-Hopkins students as well. And we ended up with over 800 attendees. And that actually led me to meet, uh, to meet different people in different campuses that worked within that office. And I met Dr. Roshin Trao, director of the Futures Office, which is the career hub for um, both doctoral students and postdoctoral fellows at the university level. And since March of this year, I have been able to uh, work with that office uh, as a senior fellow. And we have been putting a lot of, of opportunities and a lot of initiatives together for, for students, not only at the Homewood campus, which includes um, the School of Arts and Sciences, Engineering and Education, but also to other schools as well across the university. So medicine, public health, nursing, um, advanced studies, um, business, um, even Peabody Institute, we have also collaborated. So it has been a wonderful experience trying to meet all these people, trying to see how 
uh, we can actually best tailor uh, all these experiences for people in different disciplines. Um, and it has been a wonderful experience. I, I could not see myself not doing that now, you know, for the rest of my PhD. And, and I think that also aligns with what I want to, to continue doing after my PhD. So these type of experiential learnings as well, um, being involved in campus and in activities outside your research has definitely benefited me. And I strongly encourage everyone to take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah, I attended the Horizons conference and, and it was great. Oh, that's I, amazing. Yeah, and I really, I'm looking forward to, um, to, to the next uh, session. Yeah, we, um, we already started planning. Um, I actually, I'm currently the chair of the planning committee for next year. So we are decided to start improving our experience, learn from um, the experience last year and continue trying to, to really tackle the students' interests and needs as much as we can. Yeah, and so one one thing that I wanted to comment on is that um, it, it seems you've been a really strong advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in STEM. Um, can you tell me a bit about what uh, diversity means to you, and um, and some some things that you've been involved with in, in trying to uh, increase diversity and inclusion at the university? Yeah, totally. I think that's something really important, and I think it's good to see you know more many more institutions and many more groups trying to really and intentionally trying to think about diversity, inclusion, um, and equity issues right now. And I think it's it just starts with bringing people together. You know, everyone brings a different perspective, uh, a specific background. And our community is diverse at itself. And we need to make sure that we are taking into account all their needs, all their specific um, backgrounds, and also being represented when decisions are made. So I think that's also important, just trying to uh, empower, um, especially people from underrepresented minorities background, to be involved, to be advocates, to be leaders, and just be present. You don't necessarily need to be a leader, but just be present and be engaged um, around. And for that, I have been able to work at different levels, especially um, I started at the department level, so on the Student Diversity Committee and also on the Faculty Committee on Diversity and Inclusion trying to address and uh, make sure that our students' our needs are well taken care of inside the department. And as part of that, I have been involved in, in recruitment and admissions efforts. And we plan in the School of Medicine um, a second basic loop for accepting applicants, especially for under, underrepresented minorities background. So it has been wonderful uh, working with Dr. Damani Pigot on that front since I joined Hopkins. Um, I was actually the first cohort that uh, attended as an applicant myself. So it has been amazing just seeing from both sides um, the, the amazing opportunities that they, that they offered um, for URM students. And, yeah, and more recent, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, I just wanted to congratulate you uh, on receiving um, recently the, the 2021 Diversity Recognition Award uh, from the Diversity oh, yeah. Thank Leadership you so Council. Much. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that a really was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was just going to mention, you know, like now that I have been uh, more involved in, in career and professional development opportunities, I have been more recently um, during the past academic year and now this one that is starting uh, more involved also in creating programming for URM students specifically that uh, really try to focus on their professional development and trying to prepare them to get the best out of the PhD and prepare them for their next career steps, uh, whether it be academia, industry or Anything else, as you know, you can do so many things with your PhD. So 
um, just making sure that our programming it's really tailored to to them. Um, as we know, you know, like creating that also sense of community that it's so important, and often it's it lacks in big institutions, um, especially in higher education. And last year with the pandemic, you know, it, everything it's so difficult. So creating that sense of community, especially with incoming students, have been key. Yeah, and on that subject, um, thinking about careers, I'm I'm interested to know what what's next for Gian, and and what are your interests um, going forward career wise? Yeah, totally. Um, I think I. I have increased my self-awareness during my PhD and try to self-assess, you know, what my interests and passions are just by exploring. Um, so through that process in the past years, um, it has been made um, quite appear that I want to continue my career more on the business side. Um, so uh, right now I'm exploring a couple of options, um, whether it be on the uh, entrepreneurship arena, working in, in startups or starting a startup myself, um, or working directly with nonprofits as well, trying to be more uh, mission oriented and, and working with teams to to get to work towards a goal. Um, and on other sides of that, you know, like it, I have also been involved in a little bit of consulting, so that's also on the table on, um, to continue management consulting either right after the PhD or at some point in my career. Um, and through my experiences at Hopkins and also fueled through that process of creating these spaces in education and um, that business administration side, um, I, I can also see myself on, on higher education administration as well, trying to continue advocating for URM students and creating, making sure our students are work self-serve and trying to, as you know, many of our students want to do, try to make academia a little bit better um, than it is yesterday. So um, those are a couple of the career options. So more tailored, a couple of options, you know, <laughs> on the table still, I still have two years, hopefully, <laughs> of my PhD, but at least that's, the, that's the, the main direction that I'm taking for my next steps. Yeah, well, you you know, you sort of have to cast a wide net, especially in the, the earlier years of your PhD. But mm -hmm. um Thank you so much for giving us a window into your work and your interests. Um, this was really a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much uh, for the invitation. This was um, a, a great opportunity and thank you so much. I enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow Hopkins Biotech Podcast on social media, at Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter for updates about upcoming guests. And visit us at hopkinsbiotechpodcast.com to check out our mission and full catalog of episodes. Also check out the Google form at the link in the episode description to sign up for your own My PhD episode. I am Gustavo Carrizo. Thank you for listening.